You're listening to a sermon podcast for a time like this from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May only truth be spoken and only truth received. Amen. So tonight we're marking Candlemas, the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. The actual date of this feast is February 2nd, and at evening prayer that day, Rachel did mark the date for us, but we decided we wanted to celebrate it on a Sunday night, and so here we are. February the 2nd is exactly 40 days after Christmas Day which was the time set out in the old law for a new mother to undergo a purification ritual. So in a sense, this is the final story of the birth and infancy narrative as told by Luke. There's an old tradition in which you left your Christmas decorations up for the full 40 days, And then you were to burn the greens, the holly, the pine boughs, the wreaths, the tree itself on this feast day. I can only imagine how many dry pine needles you would have had to either sweep up off the floor or pick out of your vacuum cleaner. I've always loved this story of Mary and Joseph bringing their baby to the temple where, to their surprise, he's welcomed by these two elders, Simeon and Anna. Actually, more than just welcomed, the child is embraced by these two, embraced as a fulfillment of their deepest longings. This man, Simeon, was righteous and devout, Luke tells us, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Looking forward to the consolation of Israel, which he had been promised he would see before he died. And Anna, whose husband had died many decades earlier, and who now, at the age of 84, spent all of her time in the temple, fasting and praying, she's waiting too, which is signaled by the fasting, which is that sign of longing, a body prayer that's calling for fulfillment. At that moment, Anna came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This child, only 40 days old, was the very one they'd been longing for. The arrival of this child would let them, in Simeon's words, depart in peace, die. Longings fulfilled, they now know that their life's work has been completed, and whatever breaths they still might have to take before they die, it was all already 
done. They were ready. Simeon and Anna alike could see with such clarity in that moment that their lives and their deaths were but a part of a story much bigger than they, that they didn't have to solve it all or finish everything, achieve everything. They didn't need to win some big individual prize because they were woven into something far more expansive. Knowing that, death was not to be feared or loathed, but it could be accepted in peace. Now, maybe I'm particularly aware of that dynamic in the story, because I turned 60 last month. Well, I know that's a long way yet from Anna's 84, and surely there will be people taking part in this liturgy tonight who will say, 60? Ha! I've got years! Maybe decades on you, Jamie. Right, Larry? Which is no doubt true, And someone will maybe want to give me a nudge and say, hey, 60 is the new 50. Just as someone said to me 10 years ago, 50 is the new 40. But you know, at some point, that does run into a dead end, literally. Marking a decade does give you an opportunity to take stock. Will I, in another 10 or 15 or 20 years, be able to say that my deepest longings have been met or are being met, that the life work, the life path that I set out upon has been more or less fulfilled? About a decade ago, when I was visiting at St. John's Abbey in Collegeville, I had dinner with someone I consider a dear friend, Father Killian McDonald. At the time, in his 90th year, he arrived at St. John's in 1945 as a student, and after finishing his university, basically just stayed on to explore a monastic vocation and then to become a monk and a priest in that community. That's a long time. And we came out of where we'd had dinner together in the guest house. We were walking across the lawn and towards the great abbey church. He was holding onto my arm because he was feeling a little unsteady. And he said to me, you know, I don't have a single regret in my life. I have been a part of this community for so many years. They allowed me to study at great universities. They allowed me to write books and to teach. I traveled and met people in inter-religious dialogues. He was very involved in the Roman Catholic Pentecostal dialogues in the 60s and 70s. I met such wonderful people, but at the end, I always came back here, and I could always pray in that church. And he was getting, I mean, almost teary-eyed, and he said, what a wonderful life, not a regret. Well, that's what you hear in Simeon's great song. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, to be the glory of thy people Israel. That's the translation from the Book of Common Prayer 
which I have seared into my memory after praying it every night for decades. That expression of true and deep fulfillment becomes more and more poignant every year. Lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. But there's a good deal more going on in this story than simply that. And as I reflected on it earlier this week, I was really struck by its proclamation of the expansiveness of God's grace. That begins with the meeting between these elders and this baby, the aged and the very young. But it also speaks to the roles those two have played over their lives. He is a priest. She is a prophet. Symbolically, the law and the prophets of the Hebrew Scriptures. And Simeon's song, too, sings of salvation being prepared for all peoples. Light of revelation to the Gentiles. Glory to God's people, Israel. The old and the young, men and women, the law and the prophets, Jew and Gentile, all being gathered into the inbreaking light of God's Messiah. That's the connection to lighted candles on this night on which we celebrate Candlemas by blessing and lighting candles. This light of revelation to the Gentiles, to the nations, to the world, is the light in which we too are bathed. There's one more pair of words to add to the list of young, old, male, female, Jew, Gentile, law, prophets, and it's a harder pairing of words. It is, in Luke's keen understanding, as crucial to the story as anything else. What is that pair of words? Maybe it's hope and sorrow, perhaps consolation and grief. Whatever it is, we see it etched in Simeon's face. After he has prayed this great song and is looking into Mary's eyes, here is how Frederick Beekner describes the scene in his lovely little book, Peculiar Treasures. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, he said, the baby playing with the fringes of his beard. The parents were pleased as punch, and so he blessed them too for good measure. Then something about the mother stopped him, and his expression changed. What he saw in her face was a long way off, but it was there so plainly he couldn't pretend. A sword will pierce through your soul, he said to her. He would rather have bitten off his tongue than said it, but in that holy place Simeon felt he had no choice. Felt he had no choice because he needed to tell the whole truth. The life this child would live was not going to be a victory parade, but a rather long and difficult walk toward his death. For a moment, amidst the palm branches on that final walk into Jerusalem, his followers would mistake it all for a victory march, but it wasn't. It was never meant to be, or at least not in any conventional way. And Luke, the gospel storyteller, 
wants us to keep that in view right from the very beginning. But he also wants us to keep the light of which Simeon sings just as clearly in view because it embodies the truest, deepest, most sure truth of all. Even though we may walk through the deepest and darkest of valleys, we do that in the even deeper promise of the light. That's the good news of Candlemas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table. For information on our church, including further resources during these days of the COVID-19 global pandemic, or to provide support for our online work, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca. Thanks for listening.